all do it. We scroll through our feeds, seeing people who have been in and out of our lives. We see their causes, beliefs, and sometimes even a moral compass, show-offs. I don't know about you, but I'm interested in the story behind the pictures. I think it's time to have a conversation. Hey guys, tonight I am sitting down with Jay, a guy I went to high school with, but didn't really know all that well until recent years. I couldn't be happier to know him, and I'm thrilled to welcome him to the podcast. Welcome, Jay. Absolutely. Glad to be here. I wanted to have you on to talk about two things that I am not. The first, black. The second, a man. (laughs) And do you even prefer that term black, or do you prefer African American? Um, How do I navigate that? To be honest with you, society has gotten to the point where I think black is okay. So okay. I'm never a one to, to correct people. I mean, people in my family will do that. My mom will definitely do that. She'll tell you to say African-American. But Really? Um, as a millennial, which I don't identify with, but <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> but your, your mom would say, no, that's not appropriate? My or... mom would say, no, um, she's a very proud African-American woman that um, wanted to be known that we fought for our rights. We fought for the right to be called that. Um, so she will stand up for it, but I'm more in with the times. And I know that people, it's longer to say African-American than to say black. And I mean, it's easy. But to if say it's black, a respect so. thing, I want to say it right. So out of respect for your mother, <laughs> you're an African-American man and you in your family fought for that title. So that's what we're going to refer to you as. Yes. That's good to know. See, I didn't know that. The more you know already. I mean, it's it's here and there. So, Do you find like growing up was your culture and your race something that um, was like talked about a lot in your family? So growing up as a black or African-American kid in a white suburban area is a little bit different just because what you see and what you are around all the time is white kids, white culture. Um, mm-hmm. Not to say that that's a bad thing, but I mean, when you look at how you're taught in school and the things you learn about, like Black History Month is only a month long and they, they focus on it, but everything else and how history is taught is from a white perspective. So yeah, you kind yeah, of are molded true. to that. Um, I can't speak for anyone that's raised in a, in the urban community or in the black community because I was raised in white suburban America. So um, it's different. I mean, you, you don't really talk about race that much. It's not really something that gets a, gets a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, like I said, in black history month, it gets talked about, but other than that, you don't really talk about it. Cause I mean, all your friends are friends with you because of who you are. It's not really brought right. up as race, but did that I bother you? From Did... a... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, please. No, from a, a perspective, of, like I said, my mom's a proud woman, so she definitely made sure I knew that I had to work twice as hard for everything and make sure that um, a gentleman, when it comes to being over at other people's houses, being respectful, mm-hmm. um, being polite, saying yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, um, all those things. So she made sure that there was no question whether I have manners or whether I know how to act the right way and around other races because she didn't want that to be an issue ever in my life. Mm -hmm. Wow. How was your dad? What role did your dad take? Um, 
to be honest, my dad kind of ignored it. I mean, we never really talked about race. Um, it was more, it was more about sports with my dad all okay. the time. I mean, it was just focusing on what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be, making sure that my schoolwork was in order, but mostly just training and mm-hmm. um, becoming a better athlete, becoming a better person on the field, leading on the field. Race never really came into it with my dad. That's interesting. I would have thought it would have been opposite, but interesting. I don't know. No, it, it makes sense, but, um, I mean, you look at nowadays, and my mom has had many conversations with me about the whole situation with cops and police brutality versus um, Af- or against African-American males. And my mom's been the one to talk about that more than anyone just because she worries. Um, and any mother worries, no matter what race it is, but she worries about me getting pulled over or um, being in any of those situations. Whereas my dad is kind of the strong figure, which my parents are separated. So mm-hmm. my dad's kind of the strong um like we're strong black men, we don't have to really worry about anything. We ignore okay. that. Um, just focus on what you got to do, but be smart about what you're doing. Where my mom is always worried about what could happen, um, and making sure that I act the right way so that nothing does happen. Yeah. Uh, regardless. So. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's like it's not. I mean, to someone maybe like myself and and or, um, you know, white people, (laughs) um, is that it's, well, we say like, oh, in, in recent events, but like the fact of the matter is, is it's not a recent event. (laughs) Like we just have more visuals now. Like we have social media, we have live streaming videos where we're seeing things, but this isn't anything new. So your mom has a right to be, you know, overly cautious. Like you're her son, you know, like, I, I just can't even imagine that. I just, I can't. Yeah. Like fun fact, it's been going on for hundreds of years but right, uh, <laughs> right? people like, are now just getting wise to it that's it's so just, sad and so disheartening it, it literally like it breaks my heart to even like ask you these questions I sound so stupid when I'm saying them like if I look at like word by word what I'm asking you it's really dumb like that this is even like a topic that has to be brought up it hurts me I mean, it really does it, it is but it's I mean you look at things like 40 years ago, 50 years ago, we weren't even able to talk to each other, let alone even be in the same room. So um, we've come a long way, but we're still a far ways away. And I think that, I mean, I'm not political, but I will say this, that racism has come to the forefront more now than it ever has, because I feel like the president we have in office has made, whether he's racist or not, I'm not going to say that, I'm not going to speak on that, but he's made people that are racist feel more comfortable to express their views. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd agree with that. I feel like everyone has a platform now. I mean, the fact that I even have a podcast is silly. Like, (laughs) think about it. I mean, really everyone, (laughs) but anyone can do this. You know what I mean? Like everyone can get their opinion out there or say what they want to say. And I guess that's honestly part of the reason why I wanted to do this is because we hear so much, you know? but we're not sure. really talking to each other. We're just hearing opinions. We're not hearing facts, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's sad and it's scary. Um, since we did go to the same high school and it was, you know, a predominantly white <laughs> high school, at least at the time, I don't know what it is now. Um, what was your, did race, 
play into that high school experience for you at all? No, not, not really? really, to be honest with you. Um, okay, cool. Because like I said, it was it was always, I grew up with the people that I went to high school with. Mm-hmm. So race never became a factor. Like there was never any outside people that I didn't grow, with, grow up with that didn't know me or um, that didn't really accept certain people. It was very open. People were very accepting to all races. So it was never an issue in high school, mm-hmm. um, at Parton at least. I mean, did yeah. we come across it when we played different teams? Or in sports, for sure. You did? Uh, How so? Just different areas that we went to. I mean, you, you run into people that are that don't have the same views or that are as diverse as we were. Um, maybe like the St. Thomas's or... Um, oh, like the prep school. <laughs> Stuff, yeah, yeah, prep schools, Catholic schools, where they have a little bit different views. Even Hill Mary was a little bit racist um, at yeah. times. There's kids that would say things on the football field, but... Really? To be to be honest with you, you knew that everyone that was around you had your back. And like I said, I was raised a certain way, so I didn't really pay attention to it. I didn't really In one ear out the other. Yeah, you, I mean, you're giving those people fuel, and it's just, at the end of the day, it's sad because you're closing yourself off to an entire race of people that could maybe enlighten you or open your eyes to other things. But mm-hmm. it's just sad to me that they you're missing out on parts of life that you could be experiencing. Yeah. That's crazy. So when, I mean, in high school, you know, with, with sports and other teams and like the different, the different areas, like you were saying, did you run into that at all in college? Cause you were a collegiate athlete. In college? No. That's <laughs> no, I'm like, that because... makes me happy. That makes me really happy to hear you say no, because that's not no, what we're told. Because... College, I mean, 90% of football in college at the Division One right. level is black. So right. um, if you're racist in college, you're, you're trying to shy away from letting <laughs> anyone know about it. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like... Yeah, the majority of your team is black. So, yeah, I never ran into it in college. I, in terms of sports, in terms of, like, running into people and um, it's experiencing it on a – outside and on campus level yeah I definitely experienced that and ran into it um every once in a while I mean it wasn't a consistent thing but you ran into it sometimes like what can you explain like what like or when or you know like um, what, what did that what, how did that situation transpire I guess I don't want to categorize people but you run into certain types of people that have been raised a certain way or come from privileged backgrounds that feel like they can speak to you any kind of way. So you run into those people sometimes at the bar and they have their liquid confidence. So they feel like they can say what they want to do. Mm. My, my thing was always to walk away. Um, I've actually been pulled over and arrested at gunpoint for mistaken identity before in college. I got pulled over. Um, my five squad cars, guns drawn, asked me to get out of the car, handcuffed me. Um, I actually had a girl in the car too, so that was embarrassing. Um, but they handcuffed me, put me in the back of the car, didn't ask me any questions. I told them they had the wrong person. They made me sit back there for like 45 minutes before they said, um, your license plate ran for a robbery. Um, we made a mistake. Sorry. Uncuffed me and sent me on my way. So. 
and that's it. Definitely like, profiling. Just, sorry. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, sorry. Um, sorry for the inconvenience is actually what they said and then sent me on my way. So. Wow. So, I mean, you, like I said, my mom taught me at a certain age that you just kind of cooperate, say what you need to say, do what you need to do to get out of the situation. Don't escalate it. Don't get angry. Um, which, as a black person speaking for my race, a lot of people don't do. With a lot of black people get angry immediately. A lot of African Americans or black people escalate the situation by talking shit, talking back, which mm-hmm. just gives that person, if they are racist or if they have any qualms with black people, to escalate it even more and exert their authority and try to put you back in your place, which, I mean, that's that's not a good situation and it's never going to be a good situation. So I've always learned to be calm about it, be respectful, um, cooperate, and try to get it over with as quickly as possible. That's just crazy. Because I like, I mean, we were taught, you know, to respect the police, you know, like all that stuff, like respect, not just the police, but like authority, you know, like there, there's a reason that they're there. And I, I don't even think that that's the right way to say it, but I mean, we were just, I don't know when I was taught that, you know what I mean? But I was taught that cause that's what's been ingrained in me since I was a kid. Um, so what, what was your take on everything that happened in Minnesota? Like all I'm picturing is your mom, like when, uh, that, gentleman was shot by the police officer a few years ago yeah philando yeah Um, thank you sorry i was spacing on the name (laughs) (laughs) no it was it's a scary time i mean scary from both sides because number one you have officers who are scared to pull over african-american men because they feel like their life may be in danger Mm -hmm. and on the other side of the coin we feel the same way we're scared to get pulled over because we don't know if we reach for our wallet or our cell phone or anything, we may be shot. That may be the last time we get pulled over, period. So it was a difficult time. Um, It obviously was a scary time for my mom. (laughs) I have a little bit of a lead foot, admittedly, (laughs) admittingly. Um, So I have a couple speed tickets, speeding tickets on my record, but um, I've been pulled over a time or two. So she was obviously scared for me just because, um, things were heightened at that time, and they still are. I mean, it's not as bad as it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Well, is it? I mean, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it, it is. I feel like it's it's calmed down in terms of what's going on because some attention has been brought to it, but obviously it still continues to happen. Has it been a predominant thing here? No, like that was a heightened sense of. Uneasiness here because it happened here. So yeah, there was a long true. period of time where you're like, I don't want to get pulled over because I don't want them to be scared. I don't want myself to be scared. I don't want to get shot. Um, my mom didn't want me to get shot, so she was on me every day about driving the speed limit. If I get pulled over, to just put my hands on the steering wheel, obey all commands, yada yada. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a scary time. I mean, you think about it. Like, every time a cop's behind you and you're going to get pulled over, you're like, is today going to be the day that my life ends just because I'm black or just because he's scared of me and I'm scared of him? Like, it's a real thing. And it's not something, to be honest, as a – like, I don't have experience, but I'm sure if you get pulled over, you don't really think about things like that. No. No, I I mean, absolutely I don't. (laughs) But, I mean – 
Yeah. Every time I get pulled over, I get a ticket. <laughs> like, like I, don't, I don't have the grace to like, I'm thinking I'm like, cause a lot of like white women usually just either cry or, you know, they just kind of like feel bad for them for whatever reason. And, and I'm generalizing too. And I don't mean this for everybody. Cause that certainly hasn't been my take. I mean, I was like eight months pregnant and I got a ticket because I had to like pee wow. and I was driving too fast. Like, yeah, cops are dicks sometimes. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll be the first one to say it, you know? Um, yeah, but I don't have to fear for my life. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's really wild. That's funny that you've gotten a ticket because, like you said, most women don't get tickets and most women that I know I don't know. I have a big mouth whatever. if you haven't picked up on that yet like I usually say something like (laughs) my last speeding ticket he was like oh is this a I think it was in like 2015 or something and I have brand new car and he was like do you like it and I go yeah it's really fast and he did not find me funny (laughs) like at all all. so I'm always sticking my foot in my mouth so I mean that's just what happens to me but but am I like scared for my life no I'm like okay I'll have to do like defensive driving or something you know like that's the end of it and pay the bill but yeah that's that's wild and, you know, I don't have to have those conversations with my kids, but maybe I yeah. should, you know, like that's, that's really interesting. Really I mean, interesting. everybody has to have that conversation of make sure you respect authority, make sure you respect a lot of yeah. Them, but, um, yeah, we, we yeah, have that awesome. conversation, you know, as far as, you know, you need to be respectful of like teachers and, you know, authority figures and things like that. But it's scary too, because sometimes just because they abuse that authority you know and it's Mm -hmm. how do you navigate that i just i don't even know i really truly don't yeah it's definitely there's definitely different conversations that happen in black homes and that happen i mean i'm i can't speak for white homes but obviously from what you said that that conversation is had and then it's something that you have to talk about and you have to talk about where we've come from um and that there isn't always people that accept who you are and there isn't people that are going to always give you the benefit of the doubt. So you have to be mindful of that and know that there's people out there that don't like you just because of the color of your skin. So be respectful at all times and don't give them any reason to express that hate. Yeah. Yeah. We try to like, for my kids and stuff, uh, I guess uh, maybe I need to be having more like hard, like concrete conversations with them regarding like other things. But we, we really try to like operate out of a place of kindness, you know what I mean? For everybody in, in skin color and race and religion and, and creed and whatever that just doesn't ever really come up just because it's like people are people, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of the approach I have, but that's kind of diminishing like the struggle (laughs) that other people have to go through and shame on me. Like that's crazy. I hadn't really thought about it. But it, it's not. I mean, that's that's normal. So you shouldn't feel bad about it because it, I mean that is the way it is. But um, like we were talking about offline, you don't really know until you know. So you can't teach your kids about something that you haven't experienced yourself. And a lot of white perspective is from that. Is yeah. I've never like they've never seen racism. They've never experienced it. So how can you tell your kid like, hey, you may have black friends that some people don't like and you should stand up for them and, and do this. Like that doesn't really cross your mind, I would assume, but 
that's day one stop for African-American kids. Like, hey, there's people out there that don't like you because of the way you look. So you need to be mindful of that. And like I said, you need to be respectful and don't give them a reason to express that hate. What other, you said that there's a lot of like different conversations that you feel like black families have, excuse me, African-American families have um, versus what maybe a typical white family would have. What other kind of topics do you think that you guys have to discuss that maybe um, a white family wouldn't have to? Um, Like I alluded to earlier, my mom always told me you have to work twice as hard. And that's not saying that people are always going to hold you down. But Mm -hmm. unfortunately, when you are in certain situations, there is a stereotype behind African-Americans and how hard they work or what they were willing to put forward or like we talked about earlier, CPT, telling people time, like, are they going to show up on time? So those are things that you have to overcome. Like, even if someone's not racist, they have that thought in their head that that stereotype exists. Mm -hmm. So if I'm starting a job and I show up late constantly, I'm going to fit into that stereotype. And they're going to be like, you know what, black people don't show up on time. Maybe we shouldn't look to hire black people. I don't know this and that, but I'm not saying that's all scenarios, but that stereotype does come up. Yeah. Um, So you do have to be mindful of the fact that there are some people that are working against you in life and you, you do have the odds stacked against you because in all reality, a large majority of the prison system is African-American. So um, we're not geared towards being successful. We're geared towards a certain life and, if you're not successful, you kind of flow towards that lifestyle. So working twice as hard just means keep your head on, on straight, do your work, make sure that your work is done the right way so that no one has any excuse to say that you weren't working hard or you weren't doing what you're supposed to be doing because of any stereotype that is out there, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It's just crazy amounts of pressure. Like I, I feel that from like a female perspective, you know what I mean? Like yeah, in absolutely. different things. Um, because I mean, yeah, like in business, I feel like I always, when I was working for corporations and stuff, I felt like I always had to um, step it up, work harder, try to make a name for myself. Um, the industry that I was in was like the automotive industry. So it was like all male dominated. They were like, oh yeah, you're a cute little thing. Like, nice try. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, they mm-hmm. wouldn't allow my creativity, my brain to even like come through because of the, um, the thought process in their own heads. So I can relate on that level, but at the same time, it's just, it's so crazy. It's so, so crazy. It's funny. I was having a conversation with a couple of my coworkers the other day, mm-hmm. um, because they immediately noticed that I wasn't in the office one day. Mm-hmm. And I brought up the fact that you're going to notice that I'm not in the office before anyone else because in majority of the places I've worked, I'm the only black person that works there. Okay. So whether you realize it or not, subconsciously, you know that that dark person in the room is not there. So I don't know. I think it's because you're handsome and you're smart and all these things. And I think that's why they didn't notice. I think that, you know what I mean? But that that's hard because you kind of have the chip on your shoulder too of, you know, you're going to automatically think this because I'm this color and that could not no, be it at all. I appreciate that. But I think in some aspects that it, that contributes to it, like whether you think about it or not, 
you'll notice that right away. And then you'll and then the other things will come in, like oh Jay's fun, Jay's super funny, I wish he was in the office right now. But the first thing you'll notice is like something's missing in this room. Like if I was white, I don't think it would stand out as much, but it, because I'm black, it stands know, out dude. quicker. <laughs> you I don't know about that. With it? What? I said you can disagree with it. I don't. I. It's not that I disagree. I just don't know. I don't know. Hmm. You have a big no, presence, it's... though. I don't think it has anything to do with the color <laughs> of your skin. Like you could be purple, and no. I mean, like, I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. I've just always. I've always found that whenever something happens or whenever I'm not there, people notice it quicker than other people. But I, that could just be me. You're right. It could just be my perspective on things. That it, like I said, it was a conversation. I never yeah. was like, this is this is exactly why and it's absolutely this. Like, it was just a conversation that we had and it's interesting to, to look at that and, and think. In my mind, I think it's a subconscious thought and you're you're obviously not really thinking about it, but you are thinking about it, and you notice it faster than anything else. Well, I think that works in reverse from, like, when you <laughs> – I'm going to call you out real quick. <laughs> um, no, go ahead. And it's, and it's out of loving kindness because I kind of felt defensive, like, on Halloween when yep. I said I was in the golf cart. And you wrote back white privilege. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, there's <laughs> everyone's around me. Like, this isn't like a white neighborhood. I we're in Dallas. It's a melting pot. Everyone's here um, in my neighborhood, my next door neighbors, like everyone. And I never really thought about color. I, I, I And I hate when people say that because I feel like it discredits everything. And that's not what I'm saying at all. But like, I kind of go off personality and vibe and it like broke my heart that you would think that I was like trying to show off and like say all these things and white privilege. And I'm like, we all have the same 24 hours in a day, but do we, I don't know. Um, you know, I've been, my husband works very, very hard. I work very, very hard. And we were, that's just what we've done and chose to do with our money. And so it was sad that I was lumped into a group of white people because I feel <laughs> like no, it, it kind of hurt because I was like, we're really inclusive people. And I was just like, that's interesting that that's the first thing you go towards, too. Versus, yeah, I get you. No. You know? Like, and for sure. For, was it mean-spirited? I or you... for making you feel that way. <laughs> no, I wasn't, I wasn't mean-spirited at all. I was totally kidding. Um, but do I you see, like, where, like, we way. say things, and it's just kind of like, huh. It's interesting. It's very, very for sure. interesting. No. Everyone everyone gets to where they're at for different reasons. And some people work their ass off to get to where they're at. And some people it's kind of given to them, but I said that in a joking manner. I didn't mean it by any means yeah. in a mean way. I know that you work hard, but I know that your husband works hard. So, um, I was and I look funny. at you and I think he's super successful. He's living this life in the city. He's got a great life. He's got a great car. He's surrounded by all of his friends. He's a really good person. And I'm thinking, you know, like, he's a privileged human being just because he's worked his ass off to get to where he's been. So it was just, it was just very interesting that we, but we do, we do that all the time. Why do we do that? Absolutely. Like, where do we learn that and stuff? I don't understand like where we learn that stuff at all. To be honest with you, that goes, and that's a compliment to my mother because I work really hard for what I have and I separate myself from those stereotypes and I separate myself from being categorized with certain people because 
I don't want to and because I want people to see, like, African-American men can be successful. They can have a college degree. Absolutely. They can have a good job. They can live in a, a nice place and they can be respectful. And it's like. And not feel bad about it. That, yeah. And it's just sad to me that some people will still take you and categorize you in certain aspects. There's still times where I walk down the street or I'm at certain places and like old ladies will clutch their purse or they'll yeah. look at me a certain way. And you wouldn't notice it if you don't pay attention to it, but I notice it because it's happened to me before. And it's just funny because it's like, I literally want to grab them and be like, if you really knew me, you would like, feel like I want to give you a hug and take care of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's funny because we were, um, my daughter and I were down um, in Fort Worth at, in like the hospital district um, the other week. And we were grabbing something to eat and I was like so uncomfortable. And I was like, God, all these people, like, you know, I was just like, it was not people that I wanted to be around. And it was a bunch of freaking white dudes that were creeping me the fuck out. Like, I'm like yeah. I was so uncomfortable, you know, and I don't feel that way when I'm around. I don't know. It's just different. It's just, I don't know. I don't know where I was going yeah. with that, but it was just funny. I, that feeling, I guess, is what I equate to the, you know, grabbing your purse or, or feeling that, that way when, when people that you think are a certain way, um, are around. And for sure. For sure. And society is the reason that we think that way. Society is the reason we see things that way. And obviously there's a generation. (laughs) (laughs) It's a million dollar question. Um, I don't know that you ever can just because there's so many people and so many communities that are geared towards a certain way of life and a certain perspective of life. And obviously some of those perspectives are that other races aren't worthy of being around the white race or they're not. And that's the other way around too. I shouldn't say just white race. Like some races. No, I, no, like I know what you're races. saying. We're, we're speaking in general for the, yeah. you know, for this, this conversation. No, I think that that's noted. I'm not taking each word you say like, Oh God, he feels this way. And I know that reciprocated. Um, yeah, it's just crazy. Like, I just feel like that's not a good enough answer for me. Like, it's just always going to be that way. And that just sucks. Cause more often than not, I feel like there's so much good. And I feel like, like you said, society, media, all these things play like a different, they, they project like their own agenda out there. And I feel like it just fuels it. But more times than not, like you said, like even growing up, you know, early 2000s high school, you know, time for us, you didn't really experience that. And I just feel like it's so much more heightened now because everyone, you know, has a platform and a voice and can push hate and shit like that. And it just drives me insane. I think as long as people keep fitting into the stereotypes and people keep categorizing people, it's always going to happen. Like you have a class of people, like you look at the riots in Charlotte where yeah. They came out in tiki torches and they were KKK affiliated. Disgusting. Like yeah. Literally happening in 2000 and whatever, if it was last year, 2017, like we're so many years removed from the civil rights movement and it's still happening. Like people thought it was dormant and they thought it wasn't going on, but it just brought it right back to the forefront. It was like, this is still here. I don't know if you forgot about it or if you think that it's not going on, but there's still racism in America and it's more prevalent than ever. It's just, people didn't feel comfortable speaking up about it. And now, like I said earlier at the beginning of this, is that 
I feel like our president now has made it made people feel more comfortable whether he meant to or whether he didn't. But just by the stance that he he ran on with building a wall and with keeping certain people out, people jumped on that. And they're like, that's exactly what I want. That's exactly what I stand for. Let's keep the immigrants out, send people back home, and make America great again. But, like, when has America ever been great for African Americans and for minorities? It really mm-hmm. hasn't. It's just been an uphill battle the entire time. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's all different things. Like it's just, it's crazy. Cause there's like a big chunk of people that I I think I can kind of lump myself into and just say, you know, like we don't feel that way. (laughs) Like it's, you know, I, but like you said, everybody's got their own agenda. It's just so sad to me. And I just, don't know how to fix it. And I think that's part of the reason why, you know, I wanted to have you on was because people don't sit down and talk like this. I mean, really, when was the last time that you sat down and, and had a conversation about your race with a white woman? <laughs> I, with a white woman, not yeah. often, but I do have that conversation all the time with my friends, but that's just because that's what we talk about. And it's more prevalent in America, especially with, um, well, what do you guys talk about? Lately. Explain that to me. So, I'll gear it up like this. So, we talked about how racism is still here and it's still prevalent in America. But I think the biggest sign from that, um, that we're ignoring it and that it's not making any traction and that it won't go away, is like the national anthem stance. And um, let me say this. I think that it's getting the amount of racist people in America is getting smaller for sure. But when we have an issue like we did with police brutality and you had NFL players like Colin Kaepernick taking Mm -hmm. a knee, which Mm -hmm. he was told by a former Marine that that was the most respectful way to do it was to take a knee during the national anthem. Do I think that was the right thing to do? Do I think it caused a lot of controversy? For sure. I don't think, I think he could have found a different way, but, I mean, he did what he did. He followed the advice of someone that was in the military, feeling like he wasn't disrespecting the military, and he took a knee. So he continued to do that. Players continued to follow him in support of that, in support of a cause that we were trying to bring to the forefront. Mm -hmm. And then the president took that cause, made it about the flag, made it about disrespecting the military, and made it about not being American and that they should be fired, they're sons of bitches, and this is terrible, which a lot of America jumped on board with. Instead of jumping on board with the issue that we're trying to address, which is police brutality versus against African Americans, that's what we're trying to get justice on and have some type of resolution for, we jump on the fact that we're disrespecting the flag, which, okay, we're disrespecting the flag. Let's look at that. So you're standing up for the military and you think that it's disrespectful to kneel for the flag, but what outside of that are you doing for the military? Like all those people that talk shit about players taking a knee, what have they done to support the military? Like, yeah, you feel like you're disrespecting it and you feel like it's disrespecting military and veterans, but what are you doing to help veterans? Like, have you done anything? Have you donated money? What's that? Isn't that the way that they vote? I mean, that's 
their way of true, but but like if you're gonna be so adamant about that cause, like at least stand up and do something for veterans. Like there's millions of veterans in America that are mentally unstable and suffering and on the streets because of their mental disabilities and no one's doing anything about it. So, okay, if we want to talk about that cause, let's do something about it. Like, at least do something about one of the two causes, but the saddest part is we're just sitting here talking shit about each other and no one's doing anything about the injustices that are being done in America. Like, no one's doing anything about police brutality and no one's doing anything about, I mean, I shouldn't say no one, there's minimal things being done about that, and there's minimal things being done about veterans suffering in America, coming back with PTSD or whatever disorders they may have, and going homeless or going and being yeah. Crazy. There, there's like, many, many thing. separate topics and issues, you know that that for sure that came over. But I mean, you're a football player. Is the football field the right place to do that? To take a political stance like that, or are you there to play a game? Ah, that's a tough question. Um, I think you are on a platform to make a stance. Like, I always look at, like, a LeBron James who was told to shut up and dribble. Like, but yet he's creating schools, giving scholarships to every kid that graduates from that school. Oh, he's incredible. He does a lot for the community, for sure, without a doubt. But yet you have people that are telling him, like, you need to shut up and dribble. Don't talk about anything else. Don't don't do anything else, just be a basketball player. Like, where would we be at as a society if our millionaires who we pay to watch every Sunday just played ball and didn't do anything with their money? Like, that's... Well, no one's saying you can't do stuff with your money. No, for sure. But those people that are stepping out in the community and doing things, like, you should applaud them and be proud of them for actually not just being a jock. That's, That's admirable. I don't get why you would put them down in any way. Right. speaking their mind and actually supporting things. So, yes, did he talk bad about the president if you have certain views about Trump? Yeah, but everyone has their opinion. That's not any conversation that someone's not having at a coffee shop or a barber shop. Oh, yeah, America, yeah, yeah, because, for sure. Yeah. Just because he is in the position he's in, you tell him to shut up and dribble, but he's doing he's so much more than just an athlete. He's a role model for so many people. So yeah, why would you yeah. tell him to stop doing that? I guess maybe That's time and place. True. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm, I just, I'm just trying that. to see all sides. I, I don't have opinion on it one way or another, to be completely honest. I don't. Um, so I feel like in that, in that aspect, LeBron doesn't – or bas- most basketball players don't make a stance on the court. Football players obviously taking a knee during the game or during the national anthem – is definitely a stance, but I don't think anyone's done anything during a game that has protested anything from my knowledge. Um, and I watch pretty football pretty Every closely. I don't, think, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone's done anything that has protested anything during a game. So yes, is the national anthem something that you should respect and something about our country? Absolutely. But also our country. He thought he for, was doing it in the most respectful way by asking yeah, he was, a Marine absolutely. what to he, do. No, yep. I understand that. And I he he went about it the right way, asking, hey, how can I do this and how can I protest without being disrespectful, which was turned into a form of disrespect. So unfortunately, it turned out the wrong way. Yeah, but, you, can't, you can't win for anything, seems yeah. like, regardless of, yeah. 
And another thing with football players is <laughs> I'm not this way, but the ego comes in where you have a helmet on the entire game, so no one knows who you are, whereas basketball players and baseball players, mm-hmm. you can see their face. Um, they're very visible. You know who they are in the community, but you could see a football player, and without looking at their physical stature, you may not know who they are. So Interesting. them taking a stance has to come in a different way than – say, a basketball player or any other sport where they're... But they're not on the field 24-7. I mean, there's a there's a way to separate, you know, when you're on the field and when you're not and what you do with your, with your voice For and sure. your platform. For sure. But, I mean, some want to get their name out there and... Yeah, and some say, like, this is the best way, yeah, that I can make a lot of noise in a short period of time and people will know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, I go both ways on it. I think, like I said, obviously, like I said at the beginning, was the national anthem the best time to do that? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, but do I think that the country took it in the right direction? No. I think we completely ignored they missed what it the was point. about yeah. and made it into something else. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What did your mom think of it? I'm so I honestly have never had that conversation. With really? My okay. I like yeah. so. I just I need to like meet her and give her a hug. She raised a really good son. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate yeah. that. I love her. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Please do. No, that's awesome. But I've never I've never had that conversation with um with my parents. I've had it with several people of different races, and mm-hmm. obviously everyone has their their different opinion. And I will be honest; most opinions are similar to yours. That. It, I don't have one. I'm asking questions. I do not have one. I'm literally asking questions. From what you said, there's a time and a place. The question you raised, yes, most people have that opinion of, is that the right time and the right place to do that? And, yeah, maybe it's not. But I feel like, like I said, we missed the boat on what it was about. Yeah, no, I, I completely, I think it got blown completely out of proportion. I think that, again, freaking media took it took their spin on it like they do with everything and i think that's what's causing so many problems and i think that's why people need to hear dialogue like this you know what i mean to to say no i i see your side and i see your side and that's just what it is you know yeah so let me let me switch gears and ask you a question real quick okay yeah go for it is always it's always an issue for me because these are two things that happen a lot so there's police brutality Mm-hmm. where African-Americans, something happens, they get pulled over, they get shot, they have a cell phone, they get shot. But you have mass shootings where a white male with a weapon has shot multiple people, killed multiple people, but they still seem to get apprehended, arrested. No, it's it's completely disgusting. It's, so what? Is, like, tell me your thoughts on that because I, I don't understand it. I don't get how that happens where you can bring certain people that have a, a live weapon have been shown to have killed people mm-hmm. and arrest them. And then you have someone else who you don't know that they're a threat. They pull out something out of their pocket and you shoot them 25 times. There's no, there's no excuse. There's no, there's nothing that I could say that could justify that behavior. And I feel like that from like the core of my body like it's absolutely unjust and disgusting 
I think so about what happened here in Dallas this okay. year with yeah. the police officer going to the wrong apartment, which makes no sense, and shooting a man in his own home. And then the only thing that the the news was talking about, and even and I and to credit to the to the Dallas <laughs> news reporters that were saying they were even saying like, why are we even? They made it about that he was a black man and he had weed in his apartment. <laughs> and they're like, why are we reporting this? Like, what does <laughs> what this does have to do, do with anything? anything? And the fact yeah. that they took the the white female police officer um, and, and booked her in a different county because it would be easier on her is completely unjust and disgusting. Um, yeah. And and everyone that I spoke to in my extreme, in my extremely small um, circle was uh, completely appalled and mortified and thought it was complete and utter bullshit to be completely honest about it yeah. they were like there is no way and it's just it's so it's unfair um you know i think the the whole gun topic is is altogether you know it's uh that's a whole nother issue on top of this um for sure Sure. But and I'm not as well educated in that, so I don't feel like I can really speak on that. I, I'm not a gun person, <laughs> you know, by any means. Uh, I shot one once and I hated it. Um, <laughs> I, it's just not for me. But but the fact that um, uh, the majority of the mass shooters are white males with mental problems is not lost mm-hmm. on me at all. And the fact and that just- they are treated differently in in the reaction time is uh, I'm, I'm speechless because there's, there's nothing that i can say to justify it i, I don't understand it at, at all i really don't yeah like the fact that you can arrest someone that has a gun in their hand and you're asking them to put the gun down rather than someone that pulls something that may or may not be a gun out of their pocket mm-hmm. and you feel like you can just shoot them 20 times it just doesn't make sense to me and i get protocol like shoot to kill if you feel threatened if your life feels threatened but i mean those are two situations that don't make sense to me and that's what i feel like we're ignoring and we're not talking about because i don't know why but that's what i feel like america needs to address instead of addressing the fact that someone's kneeling for a flag during a football game like it's not what it's about it's about these things that are going on behind the scenes that we're ignoring completely and that mm-hmm. no justice is being brought to not only the victims, but the people that are committing these crimes. There's no, no consequences. They're being let go. They're being acquitted. Yes. Just, you got fired. You know, like, yeah. 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 It doesn't make sense to me either at all. And just to think like, because their skin's darker like that, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, but it's the it world is. we live in, unfortunately. I know, right? That's why we got. I'm. I just like yes. I say I operate from a place of kindness, like on a daily basis, because I really do try to live my life that way. Um, but it's like that's not enough, you know. So, what does someone yeah. like me do? Just try to stay educated. Try to understand from all perspectives. Um, and I mean, it's tough today because you get some people that'll constantly play the race card and make the stereotype even more prevalent and it's super annoying, but, um, in regards to 
just saying like everything that happens to them is about race and because yeah, they're black. Yeah, okay, gotcha, you know? gotcha. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it's annoying. like, no, Don't you're just a and, shitty person. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. that's like, that's just the fact. I mean, black, white, like, I, it, red, I, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Your personality is what's like, determining if I like you or not. You know. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it, and it's like some people will be like, "Oh, you fired me because I'm black." It's like, no, Alicia, you showed up late twenty times in a row. That's why you're getting fired. Like, yeah. that has nothing to do with your race. But they they want to pull that card all the time, and that you're setting your own race back for people that are actually fighting for equality and fighting for the rights mm-hmm. of African Americans and fighting to put those stereotypes aside. Like you're setting us back by doing that because. It's not a positive thing. Like, own up to shit and yeah. own up to the fact that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing and you're not working hard enough and you're fitting into that stereotype. And it's just, I just feel like we're in a situation and we're in a society that it's going to be tough to overcome those things because there's so many things and there's so many, not to speak, I don't even want to get into it, but like government issues that hold yeah, people yeah, there's back like- or. There's so many things that that don't give people advantages, but people also take advantage of those certain things that um, make them fit into that stereotype, and it's just not a good scenario. And I don't think it's going to change anytime soon, but to answer your question, the best thing we can do is educate ourselves and be open-minded to people um, and help people succeed, give people opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, And if they exhaust those opportunities and prove to you that they're not worthy of them, then you, then you get rid of those people. Then you move on to different things, but don't do it by race, do it by the character of a person, not the color of the skin. Yeah. Man, kudos to your parents for real. Seriously. (laughs) Because it's not just about like, I know that you had said um, before, like you're going to have to work harder than everyone, but I just feel like your parents and and I'm speaking on behalf of my parents, um, especially my mom, I guess, because, you know, your mom really influenced you in that way, too. Of You always have to show up. You always have to work hard. You have to, you know, be kind to people. You have to, like, do the right thing. And I think that, you know, that's what people who have success and reach success and are open-minded tend to do. You know, they show up. They don't walk in thinking that they have all the answers. You know, do you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. And so that really does, when you approach it from that when you approach it that way, it, it kind of takes color out of it altogether for me, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's just based upon the, the work that you, you do and you put in uh, on a daily basis, really. For sure. Powerful. And there's, there's always going to be people that won't accept people. I mean, no matter what your race is, no matter what you do, um, kind of like we talked about earlier. Yeah, I was going to say, let, let's talk about that because you've, um, had that conversation um, with you've dated white women and you've had that conversation. Yep. So talk to me, walk me through that. Like, what did you experience in, in, in that stance? Yeah. So you always have to have that conversation when dating the opposite race, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. And that's portrayed in movies. I, that's why I love the movie get out because it's like so true. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't seen it yet. It is on my list. Oh my I, had just, I haven't, I've been in podcast land. I don't get to do anything. <laughs> okay. You need to, you need to watch that ASAP. We probably okay. should have watched that before we had this conversation. Oh, stop but... it. Don't, don't question me right now. No, I'm just <laughs> no um, I, I do. I need to watch it. No, but it's, it's told from, it's 100% true about everything that, um, 
black people come across when it comes to dating the opposite race. And like you have the the dad who will like try to overcompensate and try to relate to you by saying like, mm-hmm. yeah, I would have voted for Obama and blah, blah, blah. And, and ask you about certain things, which there's another thing that really bothers me. Old people will always tell you about their black friends, like 100%. And I hope that really? whoever's listening to this will laugh because they know like older people will always tell you when you're having a conversation with them, like, oh yeah, I had a black friend or the, my one friend in college was black. Like, why the fuck are you telling me this? What? Like, what? Yes, it always happens. Always. Oh my god. But anyway, back to my point. Um, when you're dating people of the opposite race, like you always have to be mindful of that conversation. Like, hey, do your parents know that I'm black? Do they know that? Because you don't ever want to walk into a scenario where you're like, like I said earlier, you people don't know until they know. Like yeah. You don't know that your parents don't like black people, or you may not know. They may not express that to you because you haven't had those people in your life. But when you bring a a black person home, it's a different scenario. Like that's mm-hmm. you're dating someone of the opposite race. If I don't really like that race, or I don't really feel good about that race, I'm not going to feel great about my daughter dating someone from that race. Um, so you always have to have that conversation, and it, it's come up many times where um, I've expressed that as the person that I'm dating, if their parents are okay with it or if their um, family is okay with it. And they've told me, like, yeah, my extended family may not be cool with that, um, but we'll overcome it, blah, blah, blah. And Mm -hmm. like we were talking about earlier, I've literally sat in um, the kitchen late night with a girl that I was dating, her mom, and she just sat down and told me, and she's like, Jay, I love you, and I think you're amazing. I think you're a great person for my daughter, but... I just don't know how our family would look at mixed babies or would accept you, like, period. And obviously that's tough to hear. Yeah, like, I feel like that kind of, like, ends the relationship for you. I mean, I've I've dated a handful of winners. No, I'm just kidding. I've dated, I dated a lot of really great guys that, I mean, they weren't right for me. But um, I didn't know that at the time, clearly. But my parents, when they would interfere, I mean, it, you can't not think about it. It plays, it digs deep into your relationship. So to, to have it come up just because of your race, not because of anything that you did, like I, does that like end the relationship for you? It's tough because you don't like, you don't want to hold that against the person you're with, but obviously future endeavors are crushed, but like I said, it's it's across both races because even when you're dating, like if I say I was white and I was dating a black woman, like mm-hmm. that's sometimes frowned upon in black black community as well. Like most African American moms want their son to date African American women, which just just is what it is. Like you want your you want your race to date successful people within your race, mm-hmm. unfortunately, and. I think we're in a society now where it's being more open to dating the opposite race. Like we just had that trios commercial come out a couple of years ago, which was the first commercial with an interracial couple. Like it's now becoming acceptable to date opposite races on TV, but that doesn't mean everyone accepts it in society. Um, but with that being said, like you go into that scenario knowing that from my perspective, I know that not everybody's going to accept what, I'm doing or who I'm with Mm -hmm. and 
that's within my own community as well. Like me dating white women has sometimes pissed off black women because it's like I'm a young, educated African-American male with a good job, which unfortunately in our community is, I wouldn't say it's rare, but it's <laughs> it's not the dominant of our community. Like most mm-hmm. don't have a college degree. Most are doing different things. Like like I said earlier, most of them are in the the prison system. So unfortunately, the numbers are few for successful African-American men, um, which then pisses off black women because they're like, you're taking away our men. That's not right. So they will look at you a certain way on the street or they'll give people, they've given people that I've dated certain dirty looks just because I'm dating a white woman or because I'm with someone of the opposite race. So, I mean, it's, it goes across the board um, in terms of everybody looking at it do differently, you feel not just like, one race. Yeah. Do you feel like you have to overcompensate in, in, both, um, in both, both cultures, I guess? Elaborate on that. Like, do you feel like you have to justify to the black community while you're dating a white woman? Or do you feel like you have to overcompensate when you're more in like a predominantly white community? Like, do you know what I mean? I'm trying to think of how to like articulate this the best way. No, that makes sense. And I've, I've definitely come across people that have confronted me about it. Like, why do you only date white girls? And it's not that I only date white girls. It's just, that's what the women that I found that you, yeah, that you wanted to that do I've life with. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> so, but, like, that's obviously always a conversation. And, yeah, do you have to act a certain way and, uh, like, present yourself a certain way? It's funny because, like, there's – I think of myself as kind of a chameleon. I can bend – I can blend into different cultures. So I can mm-hmm. go be with um, what my friends call Minneapolis J, which is I kind of act more ghetto. You see that word a lot more. <laughs> Um, <laughs> sadly, yeah, but like I can do that and I can be that person and then I can go and be corporate J where I need to speak a certain way. I need to present myself a certain way. Um, and then I can be like have fun with my family and be me. So wow. to be honest, when you, when you date someone of the opposite race, you have to, you kind of have to be able to mix it up and be able to appeal to different cultures and be able to appeal to different people. But that's not saying I'm not staying true to myself. I'm being who I am. No, I get it. I'm, I'm totally different. Yeah. 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 No, I'm, yeah, I get that. I'm, I'm different even around like my husband's side of the family than I am, you know, with my own and I'm different and definitely different, you know, in my work community than I am in my own life, (laughs) you know, um, for sure. I feel like that's kind of normal, but at the same time, it's sad. <laughs> Again, I just feel like that's like the tone. It's just like, gosh, how can you, like, for me, I don't do really well. Like when I feel like I'm being phony or fake, like it just like, it really like gets to me, you know what I mean? And I just feel like, what a shame to not feel like you can be like authentic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially when you're, you know, doing life like we were saying with someone you want to be able to be as vulnerable and open as you know and authentic as you can be in those situations and it's just you know I haven't had to deal with that because you know I just I just haven't for whatever reason that's really no I I look at it a lot to think about (laughs) which is good And, and I hope that people who listen to this you know feel the same way because it's kind of embarrassing for me to be honest 
you don't need to be embarrassed. It's just it is what it is. Like I said, and like I've said several times, it you don't know until you know. Yeah. Like you, you don't realize those things until you're confronted with it. And I've dealt with that many times in my life, where people that I've dated haven't really experienced racism until like it hit them in the face when they're with me. Like I've been pulled over, um, walking down the street with my which happened to be white girlfriend and the cop pulled me over, handcuffed me, put me on the car and was like adamant that the fact that I was doing something wrong. And he said that they had been called for a domestic dispute. We weren't disputing. We were just walking down the street. She continued to yell at him and tell him like he's done nothing wrong. Um, she had had a warrant for, um, I think, a restraining order on her ex-boyfriend. So he immediately associated that with me as soon as he ran her license. And mm-hmm. like was ridiculing me for that. And there was just, literally like, like have, the odds like, are stacked up against you, and you feel like you can't even yep. just for walking. And it was like nothing, nothing's going on here. Like the, you're literally making a situation out of nothing. He finally de-escalated the situation and started listening to her. And she was like, "He's doing nothing wrong. You need to let him go." He finally did. Told us to have a good night. Um, but like she was really shocked. <laughs> that again, by that. like sorry like, for the inconvenience. Like that's yeah. insane. <laughs> But it's, like, to me, I just, I didn't say anything. I just got on the car, put my hands behind my back, was just, I told her to calm down. But to her, it was really frustrating, and it angered her because she had never seen that before. And obviously, Mm -hmm. when it's someone you love, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why are you doing this? And I'm not saying this doesn't happen to all races and doesn't happen across the board, like, wrongfully picking people but um unfortunately in some scenarios Jay, i've never i've see... never had anyone in my immediate life <laughs> have to go through anything like that and that's Ever. the sad part is it, it, it does it's happen crazy. but like that opened her eyes to it and she's like i've never seen something like that before and like i never would have thought that would happen i never thought it was really real like you hear about it but you don't really think it happens until it happens in front of you mm-hmm. and you're like holy shit like, that's real. Like, it's really fucked up how America is and how that stuff really happens. Yeah. Wow. What do you think your approach is going to have to be, like, when and if you decide to have kids? Are you going to have to have the same have kids. Yeah. Um, have you I think I'll approach that? it the same way the same way my mom does and the same way my mom did. But um, the number one thing I I preach to anyone that I date or anyone that I get serious with is here's something that you haven't thought about. Like our children aren't going to look like you. So if you haven't dealt with certain things, like you're going to have to deal with that and you're going to come across situations where you may pick up your kid from a sporting event or from a certain situation and people aren't going to believe that that's your child. So you have to prepare yourself for that. You have to be ready to encounter that and know how to deal with it. So it's more of, as a family, we need to know, hey, we're going to come across certain things. This is how we need to deal with it and just be calm about it and know that some people aren't always accepting of what we have here or who you are. And that's okay. It's not okay, but you have to treat it like I'm not going to get angry about this. I'm just going to deal with it in a calm manner and understand that some people just aren't in the right mindset and they haven't advanced to where we are. 
and that's sad, and it's unfortunate for them, but the only thing you can do for them is to treat them with the absolute kindness, that you, the utmost kindness that you can, and show them that not everyone fits into a certain stereotype that they think you fit into. And at the end of the day, we're all good people. It's just a matter of if you're willing to be open to see that. I'm like crying over here. You were supposed to be the one to cry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I'm trying to like keep it together. Oh my God. It's just crazy because I would never have to think like about that in my situation. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and I would fly off the handle if someone said like, well, those aren't your kids or would even question me. Yeah. And like, I've never, ever, ever had to think about that. Damn. It's sad, but it's, it, I mean, that's reality. It's, it is what it is. Mm. That's crazy. Have you, um, being in like the business world and things like that, has your race come into, into that part of your life at all? Or has that been pretty, pretty normal? Or have you experienced um, like difficulty? That's a, that's a tough question because that's where it's more discreet. Like if someone doesn't want to work with you because of your race, they'll never let you know that and you'll never find that out um, unless they're just blatant about it and they want a lawsuit on their hands. Um, Interesting. Have I felt like certain people didn't like me because of certain, because of my race or because of the color of my skin? Yes. I felt like I've been in scenarios where I was like, I was absolutely 100% nice to that person and went above and beyond for that person and they still gave me the vibe that they didn't like me. Mm-hmm. Was it because of my race? Maybe I thought that and maybe that's where I'm tainted or jaded, but um, I mean, it, it does happen. Does it happen often? No, but no, but you feel it. Like I said, people in in corporate America, people aren't as obvious about it. Like people feel more freely outside of work and obviously on Instagram and Facebook. Well, like you said, we all have our different personalities for our different different areas of our life. For sure. Crazy. That's crazy. Do you um? Do you think that there's like a they and them? like mentality between like black and white culture for sure I know we've talked about it a little bit but do you do you think that black people tend to stay with black people and white people tend to stay with white people or do you think that it's or is that just kind of a made-up thing (laughs) no that's absolutely true um I mean (laughs) this is stupid but Anyone will say when you walk by, like as a black person, when you walk by another black person, you give them a head nod, and it's yeah. like it's the universal acknowledgement. I don't know why we do it. I don't, and it's funny because people are always like, "Do you know that person?" I'm like, "No, I don't know nope. who they are." But <laughs> we're just <laughs> what I always say is like, "We're in it together. Like we're in the struggle together." So that's why we nod at each other. But I, I don't know. It is like you're always gonna cling to your race. Um, and feel more comfortable, unfortunately, that's just kind of the way things are. I mean, people will naturally flock to people that they feel more comfortable with and people that they feel like they can relate to. Um, And that sucks. I hope it changes one day, but, I mean, that's kind of where we're at. That's interesting because, like, I don't – for me, me personally, I mean, I just don't – 
flock to white people. <laughs> I know that sounds so stupid. Again, I just feel like it's such a dumb thing to even like say because I've never really had to say it out loud. But I, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I guess I don't feel that way. I don't know. I'm just kind yeah, of. Yeah, people, like, people will majority of the time separate. Like if you take three black guys and put them in a corner in a basketball gym and take three white guys and put them in a corner in a basketball gym and put one person of either race and tell them, Hey, go, go yeah. mingle with people. No, like that they're makes sense. naturally going to walk over to the people that they can relate to more. Yeah. I kind of like equate that to like the middle school dance, you know, where like the guys are on one yeah. side and the girls are on the other. Yeah, that's true. That's it's true. just kind of what you do. That's so interesting. Unfortunately. Such a racially just divided world. And so that comes down to, so we're saying also, you know, like we, we go where it's more, so is it natural? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Hmm. I think so. I think because you subconsciously do it. So I think it is. That's interesting. Maybe that's why all the resistance is there because it's just not natural. It just doesn't feel natural. Not saying that it's not. Um, that'd be an interesting experience or experiment to do with kids like put them in a room and with no knowledge of anything else just have them see what they do yeah just see because I like you know we were talking about earlier how um you know you're like we get a month you know out of like (laughs) out of the year and you're like gee thanks uh did you feel like the spotlight was on you uh in school when that was talked about Oh, for sure. You did. Like it's like you had to be the token, like mouthpiece, like <laughs> like yeah, know everything. You're you're one person in a class, or you're one or two people in a class of thirty-two that are black, and it's like, why are we talking about this? Well, because the two black people in here, we have to represent their culture and talk about it. Damn. So, uh, yeah. It's, it's always yeah. You always feel like you're the focal point, and people are staring at you. Hmm. That's crazy. Which I think it shouldn't be. I don't think we should have Black History Month. I think it should just be history and teach all of it. From our perspective, yeah, and and teach all of it. Just be integrated in the curriculum. So does that go the same way for religion? Should all religions be taught too? Ah, I I don't know. Hmm. I think you. So are you? of the mindset that church and religion should, or not church and religion, school and religion should be hand in hand? I think that if we're going to talk about topics as adults, that we need to have all the education that we can have. And where do you get educated? You get educated at school. (laughs) And I don't think like religion classes should be an elective. I think we should learn about everything, but people get all up in arms saying, oh, no, 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 this is not a belief system. But so I think you that's think why you have like be educated. No, no, no. I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier too, of like you gotta show up, you just gotta stay educated and how do we do that if we're only teaching one side? Yeah. But I don't think like I don't know what the school system is now, but I don't think that any religion is taught in school. Um But with that being said, I think that if you I don't know. That's tough. That's a tough question. Because, like, do you teach atheism? Do you teach 
or do you just kind of get like I go to a church that's not denominational, so mm-hmm. when we talk about multiple religions, there is a series where we talk about multiple religions, and they give the perspective of all religions. They don't discriminate; they just give the facts about each religion yeah. and tell you about it. And they obviously know that the people that are there are Christians, um, but they obviously want to be able to learn about what other people see. So being open to that, I'm always in the mindset that I'm open to listen to anything that anyone has to say. Do I have my beliefs? Yes, but I will never shoot down what you believe in and what you have to say because you believe what you believe. Obviously, I came to believe what I believe through my faith and what I've been taught throughout my life and the experiences that I've been through. So I can't say that your experiences were the same as mine. They're obviously different. So you obviously were led to believe in what you believe. So I will 100% sit there and I try to understand it and try to understand why you believe that. But is it going to change my mind? No. Hmm. But do you believe the religion or the non-denomination thing because that's how you were raised or were you raised in a denomination type of? Um, Early, it was Catholic. Okay, same. Um, But... I just, I couldn't relate to it. Like, if you invite me to a Catholic wedding, I'll say no. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'll long. be there for 17 and... hours and I'll stand up 19 times. Yeah, no, yeah. No, for sure. Like, <laughs> I don't want to go to church and then go to a wedding. Like, that's just, yeah. Like, not, I don't know. Yeah. And I don't no, need no, to no, be confirmed. It. Like, yeah, I've, I believe that your relationship with God is yours and you, you being, bat- like, I got baptized at 25, so. Okay. Um, I made that decision myself to go yeah. and get baptized. and That was kind like of the path wanted... that my husband took as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you want to take your own walk with faith, and I think my parents allowed me to do that. Um, That's really awesome. But I don't, I don't, like, yeah, I don't, don't invite me to any Catholic wedding. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know anybody getting married in the Catholic church anytime soon. So good. <laughs> That's crazy. No, I just, it's just such an interesting thing of like, you know, and you even kind of hit on it just a few minutes ago of like, you're the church that you go to, you know, that they just, they, they talk facts on different things. And it's, it's, why don't we do that with, with history too? Because a lot of it gets covered up in emotion on both sides. And, And, you know, I just, the talk about being educated, but we're putting our kids in, you know, majority of the time public school and real life topics aren't necessarily talked about, but is that the right forum for it? Or is it just, you know, for families to discuss at home, but then it's that generational, you know, mindset that gets passed down and stuff. So I don't know. It's just very interesting to think about to me <laughs> um, as to how do we break the cycle? Cause I'm very much a solution person. And I, I know in my lifetime, well, I can't say I know in my lifetime that it's not going to change, but I would like to think that there would be progress. Yeah. I, I hope know. there is too. I honestly do. But yeah. it's it's yet to be seen. I mean, we've obviously come a long way. Um, to your point of having those conversations at home, like that's where you learn a lot of those out-of-school things is at home. And unfortunately, yeah. some people are teaching different things. Some people are teaching that there's one superior race. Some people are teaching that there's one superior religion. So can you stop that by teaching it at, at school? I think you're going to raise a lot of. It's going to make people uncomfortable. 
with, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of red flags, and people people are going to get mad about it. And but um, do you like? I don't know. I like I've said earlier, and we've talked before. <laughs> I have a problem just saying what I need to say, and then like apologizing later. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. the always the foot in the mouth type thing. I'm getting better as I get older. I guess that's just what happens. But um, but you know, like I would rather make it awkward than avoid it right yeah but that's you no i know i know (laughs) most wouldn't most would rather avoid confrontation and continue to believe their own things than to address it head on and deal with it but that's kind of so you're telling me we're stuck (laughs) it's just just the way it is (laughs) yeah i can't like i can never that's my problem i can't ever just say oh i'm good with that status quo is fine no and that's good that we have people like you in america and in the world because if we just sat there and accepted it where would we be right now but and i'm not saying i accept it at all i will always, no i know i like i said clearly understand that yeah yeah i'll always try to prove people wrong and i'm i'm trying to be a walking breathing example that not all african-americans are destined to go to jail and them to do nothing and be lazy and show up late and whatever mm-hmm. other perspectives or stereotypes that people have about African Americans. Like I, I would love to sit in front of every racist person and prove them wrong. I would that would be like the greatest joy of my life because yeah. I just think it's I think it's fucking hilarious that some people really think that about you and you they don't even know you. Yeah, like, like it's I'm based off of what? Like that's what I just like I just don't get that. Like what? Yeah. Why do people feel that way? Like it can't run that deep. Like you have to be taught that or you have to like, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's crazy. And I th- I think that's why I raised the question of, well, how do we change? How do we shift that? You know, how do we teach fact-based history and religion and things like that? And then let people, you know, formulate their own opinions. Um, and I know a lot of people say, well, that happens when you go to college. Well, college is too late <laughs> because like, you know, like the, the effects been made at home and I don't know. I, that's a whole other topic. I think, I just really it infuriates I think the me. biggest thing is for people to stand up and say something. And that's white America as well. Like if your friends are being racist or saying something that's controversial, sometimes mm-hmm. people just let it slide. And they're like, there's no black people around. Like, oh, I'm say that, yeah. But, guilty for sure i just say you know like oh grandpa <laughs> or like that's just like yeah. you know because that's what it is but like yeah no you're 100 percent right i actually had that conversation not god less than six months ago with someone and i was just like you are a racist fuck and that ended that relationship yeah. you know because i'm just like yeah. this there's no premise for this and they're like well i grew up in so and so and this is what we know that that's that's just lazy <laughs> Yeah. Like that's a lazy but, mindset and I can't operate with that and I can't I can't have you in my life. So I think you're right. You, yeah, do. you just got to talk about it. You got to have the conversation. Some there we people go. aren't willing boom, to. Boom. Boom. So, Way to bring up full circle back the, to, you know, why we started Wait, this. what? Have the combo? Have the <laughs> <What>? combo? <laughs> boom. Done. Love it. See, it, the name came for a reason. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh my god. That's awesome. I appreciate you so much coming on and talking through these topics with me i definitely want to have you on again you know just to 
continue it and as more topics come up you know i think that you'll be a good good point of reference for me and i'll go get get out and watch it and then we can talk again and i can apologize for being so ignorant (laughs) so um no i think you love it after having this combo really okay good i'm excited i'm definitely gonna have to have to go check it out um but before we wrap up i go through the Jane Lipton's top 10 questions to kind of bring the mood back up a little bit and um, for listeners to kind of learn more about you. Are you up for it? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So what is your favorite word? My favorite word? Mm-hmm. Like to say? Yeah. Um, due diligence. Damn. <laughs> no one's had that answer yet. I love it. That's such a J thing to say now that I know you a little bit. <laughs> What's your least favorite word? Uh, moist. Oh my God, that's mine. Stop. Are you serious? I, I hate it. that word. It's disgusting. I agree. Um, what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Um, knowledge. Love that. What turns you off? Ignorance. What's your favorite curse word? Fuck. (laughs) What sound or noise do you love? What sound or noise? Yeah. Uh, Do I have to be PG? (laughs) Uh, no. Um, the it. Jay? I don't want to say. <laughs> All right, your second favorite noise or sound. Um, that's tough. I would say the ball going through a net. That's a good sound. That is a good sound. What sound or noise do you hate? Um, like forks or hands or fingernails on a chalkboard or knives on a plate. Gotcha. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Other than my own. Oof. I want to host my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, I'm going to be an architect. That's really funny. That's what I went to college for. <laughs> That's really yeah. wild. Um, what profession would you not like to do? Janitor. Gotcha. Okay, and then lastly, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Well done. <laughs> well done. That works. Well done. That works. Thank you, thank you, thank you a million times. Go hug your mom for me because she raised an incredible man. And I'm so thankful that I know you. And I'm so thankful that you agreed to come on and and talk with me. And I hope that when people listen to this, they can walk away feeling like they learned something. So thank you. Awesome, will do. I appreciate you. Have me on anytime. Um, I will. Thank you for having me. All right, we'll talk soon. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. For more content, follow along at havetheconvo.podcast on Instagram or email me at havetheconvo at gmail.com to share your story. Till next time.